Welcome, DOS Game Enthusiasts. This is DOS Game Club episode 25, and I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, this is not my favorite podcast host, Martin. <laughs> this is this weird sidekick, Frank, or whatever he's called. <laughs> and you would be right. Uh, I'm not Martin, uh, but I'm Florian, not Frank. Um, but Martin is also here. I am. Please say hi. Hello. And with us is returning DOS Game Club uh, podcaster, Josef. Hello. Hey. And new is Tim. Bonjour. <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> and um, today we're discussing the games that we have played in December. And I said games because it was multiple games. <gasps> Wasn't it, Martin? It was. Uh, why was it? Why, it? why didn't we just have the one game? Yeah, it was a bit weird, wasn't it? So we got lots and lots of suggestions over the months for small games that wouldn't really fill out a month. And so we decided to pack six of them in one month. And that was a bit weird. And today we're discussing all of them. Indeed. So well, let's let's talk about the games that we played. Short overview. All right. So we played Ook, um, a game whose name uh, caused lots of discussions before the show <laughs> because nobody knew how to pronounce it. Um, then we played Bolo Ball, which is a, I don't know, what would you call it? What kind of game would you call it? Uh, what genre is that? It's it's. Uh Game with balls? <laughs> a ball game? Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, for me. I don't know. It's a puzzle game, I think? Or, uh, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's call it a puzzle game. Then we played Micro's Dilemma 2, which is another game with balls and puzzles. Mm -hmm. Load Runner, that's a classic that I think most people at least have heard about. Alley Cat, another classic that maybe a bit fewer people, but still many people heard about. And last but not least, Minor VGA, which is like Minecraft in <laughs> different. <laughs> which is like Minecraft, but not at all like Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like Minecraft, but otherwise, yeah. Right, so let's get started with the first game. Um, or maybe we should uh, quickly say that we're planning about 15 minutes per game, so not the long discussions we usually have in our show. Yeah, we're not going to do two hours per game, are we? <laughs> no, that's, that's uh, <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> so let's start with Ook. Who suggested the game? Uh, so I did. You did? Mm. And uh, this game is something that I was playing a lot when I was um, a little kid. Well, like most of these games, I think they are very, they have a quite sentimental value. And I think it is... One of the first games, I suppose, that I played uh, with friends, as in uh, on the same computer, and you could play it too, and and as a DOS game, not uh, something from Atari. That's why um, it had um, good uh, souvenirs for me. It was a very, very nostalgic uh, game, and I was quite uh, glad uh, to replay it, and maybe a bit disappointed in the end. But that's like oh, <laughs> this goes quite often, I think. Yeah. Um, did anyone else play the game before? I think I did, but not a lot. I think I've, I, maybe it was on a school computer or something. I think that's what's, yeah. I think someone else had it, but maybe not. It, I don't think I've had it on my own computer. Right. So, what about you, Tim? Uh, I've never played this before. I think I've played games similar to it, but not this one. This particular one. Yeah, there's um, an older game for the C64. I think it maybe it was even an arcade. I'm not so sure. Called Space Taxi. That's basically the same game, just uh, less colors. 
in, in the future instead in the past, right? It's 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 a bit different though. Uh, there are some differences that uh, I would say in space taxi you go from screen to screen. Mm. Uh, in it's every every levels is just a single screen and it doesn't scroll or move. Ah. So that's the the big difference, I suppose. Right. I, I myself, I, I've played the game a bit in the past. I knew about it. I tried it a few times, didn't like it, and forgot about it. <laughs> uh, but, well, but now I, I think it's German, though, isn't it? It's, it's a German game, yeah, I think. Um, which is also the reason why the name is probably spelled in a way that no one familiar <laughs> with English could pronounce it the way it's probably <laughs> intended to be pronounced. Because, you know, the name is basically how Germans... Uh, Imagine caveman to have spoken like ook ook, right? Yeah. Mm, While right. the spelling would make it weird for English people to pronounce the name like that. Yeah, we'd we'd say it as ugh. Yeah, right. Probably <laughs> it's not a great name for a game. No. <laughs> well, you will be saying this a lot during this game. <laughs> and it doesn't sound like caveman at all, right? Well, depends what they're doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Uh, maybe we should talk a bit about how the game actually plays. What's what's the task of the game? What are you doing in the game? Uh, well, you're a caveman, aren't you? Hmm. Yeah, you're you're a cool caveman. And uh, what are you doing as a caveman? You're f- an engineer. Yeah, or, or yeah. Uh, like a driver, or pilot. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Because the game has a story, so there is in this little intro, the guy is sleeping under a tree and then an apple falls on his head and uh, he invents a helicopter, basically. A wooden helicopter. And decides it to pedal, like a, it's a pedal helicopter <laughs> and decides to well, become, become a taxi man. Yeah, the apple in the intro looks big enough to crush him though, which is... Mm. <laughs> all, all the fruit in the but, game is just tall, right? Yeah, it's, everything's massive apart from the actual characters, <laughs> I notice. Hmm. <laughs> Never feeling is on the same scale dinosaurs, humans, fruit, <laughs> and the tree from which the fruit comes. Yeah. yeah. Are, are there dinosaurs? I don't remember dinosaurs. Are there dinosaurs in this game? Yeah. There are two, at least two kinds of dinosaurs in the game. Okay. So the, the goal of the game, you have, to, you have several platforms and you have to chauffeur people from platform to platform. So every time somebody gives you a direction, like I want to go from cave two to cave one, for example, and you have to get them safely. So it means you, don't, you must not hit the borders or fall too quickly, etc. And yes, these dinosaurs are there to hinder you too. So there is a bird, a snoring oh. hippo, and a tri- tricerodon, or how is it called? A triceratops. Triceratops. It goes from left to right and just yeah. charges you. Mm-hmm. Right. The funny thing about those, though, is that the um, the flying dinosaur, he just kills you immediately, while the uh, triceratops with the... You know, with the, with the big horns on his head, he just pushes you around. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm. Well, he's a. I don't. I don't think it's. A, it's a meat eater, though, a Triceratops, right? So it's no. He just. He's a friendly plant eater. Yeah. While the mean bird, <laughs> that's a whole different story. Right. That's 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 probably true. <laughs> when I first played this game, I found it kind of hard to work out what I was supposed to be doing. So you land on the platform, mm. and the person tells you where they want to go, but then they don't seem to do anything for a little bit and then all of a sudden they start walking towards you but i didn't quite understand that when i first played so i was just stopping down and trying to land on them to pick them up 
and then wondering why I couldn't pick them up, and it's because I had the rock, so you had to drop the rock. It, it's a very confusing yeah. game to get into, to begin with. I had exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. I Because there's a tree or something, I think, yeah. or a rock. I don't remember Both. how it works exactly. Yeah, and, and they're interconnected, right? Because yeah. you have to hit the rock on the tree or something to get more life or time or... None of this is explained in the game, is it? No, there's no explanation at all. Yeah. Um, I found out because you have this, you have a limited amount of energy, um, like uh, blood sugar or whatever in your caveman. <laughs> and once you run out of energy, you're done. But right. uh, I, I thought that cannot be all. I mean, it's impossible to do all of those things with the energy that you have. So I went to the internet and I uh, tried to find out how to restore energy. And then it turns out you can pick up the rock that is somewhere in each level. Yeah. And you can drop the rock on a tree. And when you do that, then a giant fruit falls out of the tree. <laughs> at, least as, as, at least as tall as the caveman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything is uh, basically just the same size in this game. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's a tree or a dinosaur or a person. <laughs> or a rock. Yeah, everything is just the same <laughs> exactly. style but, size, yeah. The thing is, um, you can only, at any time, only transport a caveman or a cave lady or the rock. And the only way to distinguish which one you have in your helicopter at the moment is a tiny, tiny icon at the bottom of the screen. And mm -hmm. I didn't realize that at all. And then after a while, I saw, wait, I just picked up the rock and something something moved at the bottom of, the, of, my, of my screen. And I realized, oh, look, that's how you find out what you have uh, right. in your helicopter. Right. And when you're carrying the rock, you can't pick up passengers. Yeah. And that's why... They don't react at yeah. all once you have that. So you land right next to them and they're just standing there staring <laughs> yeah. at the screen. And I had that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, you're starting to rage. What's going on? Why are yeah. those... Stupid caveman not going here. What's going on? <laughs> and that's where the title. Yeah, and sometimes uh, when you want to get rid of the rock, you throw it away, but then you land and you land on the rock. Yeah. So you throw it somewhere else. Yeah. I had that and you lot. end up throwing it into water, and which means you will <laughs> die because then you can't get food anymore and exactly. because there is only one in the level. So, yeah. Um, you know, you also need the rock um, to... So you, you need to drop it on the dinosaur because that's the only way to make it sleep for a while. It, it has small uh, pterodactyls uh, flying dinosaurs around his head, which is <laughs> super cute. But it's also the only way to stop him from charging at you. And when he's there, you basically have no chance to pick up any of the cavemen that want to go to another platform. Right. Mm -hmm. And also, this is uh, it's quite tricky always, this rock handling, because with the dinosaur, it's the same thing when the platform is very small. You drop the rock on the dinosaur, but then the rock lands next to him. And then you have to land on the platform somewhere when you don't land on the person who is waiting or on the rock. Because then you are... Sometimes it's actually easier just to throw people into water <laughs> and then pick them up from water. It's... Yeah, because they can, they can swim. But yeah. um, I read, I didn't see it, but I read somewhere that um, because there are three different kinds of cave people... There's the old guy, the middle-aged guy, and the lady, and they can swim for different amounts of time. Yeah, I didn't see that, but that's what the manual said. Yeah, Has any one of you seen that happen? Yes. For example, the old guy, they, they can't swim at all. So if you throw them in water, they will drown, and you can't get them. Oh, Sometimes you can just throw the lady into water and then pick up somebody else, and then just she'll, she'll wait. It's, uh, it's all about timing. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's essentially an arcade game in its character, right? It's right. just maneuvering and avoiding things. And it feels 
very much like... Well, it doesn't feel like a vertical shooter directly, but it sort of has the same... Like, it's about movement and about avoiding things. And it's very, yeah, a simple arcade-style game, really. Yeah, it's almost... But in terms of the picking people up and dropping them off at places, it's almost got a feel of Defender about it, hmm. if anybody's played that. Oh, yeah, it's it's similar in playstyle, right? Yeah, just without the shooting and the in- intense difficulty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just without the fun bits. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, the same game. Right, um, so yeah. the, the, the game is it's really difficult, isn't it? Because even on the lower difficulty settings, I had the feeling you bump a, a tiny bit too hard into a wall and then you're done. And what what I think is the worst part, whenever you die, yeah. you have to to watch the whole intro sequence again and you cannot really skip it. That is definitely the worst part of this game. And it, I, I think it's also the reason why I only managed to play maybe three or four levels before giving up. Because it's so frustrating. It's it's really slow with all the screens that you can't skip. And then, yeah, and then you're in the game and it's over after, you know, three seconds again. It's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Right. So... Uh, there's also some interesting variety in the levels. In one level, I saw you have to... Um, fly real high and then drop fast into the water and dive uh, below like a rock underwater and you have to come out on the other side and it's really hard to time and if you do it wrong then you bump into the rock and you're dead wow yeah that's a difficult level that's crazy I, I don't know how I managed to get past that, but I did. Wow! <laughs> you, 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 really, you have to, you have to get the perfect height and you have to time because because it's sort of a round shape, um, right? There's rocks in kind of a round shape and then there's a lake at the bottom and you've got to go underneath the round rocks and take the passenger with you. Mm. And timing your sort of descent and your turn into the round shape, you have to get it spot on. Otherwise, you're either going to bump into the, the bottom of the screen or you're going to bump into the rock and you have to start the whole thing again. Yeah. Bit of a pain. Oh, man. Yeah, that's relentless difficulty. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, this also comes in later levels. Then you have the the same uh, tactic you have to use it, but there is even less space and more passengers to to go. So you are already on the last passenger, and then you bump. Oh no! But I think it's a game of its age in a sense that when I I remember when I was playing it before, it didn't bother me at all to watch the screens and everything. But I suppose it's because a lot of games were maybe not that that much like that, but it was. A lot of replaying the same thing over and over and until you until you do it. Yeah, yeah, and also for some reason children don't mind this repetitiveness for some reason. While you know, for me now it's really. Uh, <laughs> but I I can totally see that if you're a kid, you don't mind at all. You just do it again and again and again for hours on end. It's and it's fine. So right, yeah. And also you get you get level codes, don't you? Yeah. So once you finish a level, you get a code. And some someone wrote in our little notes document that those codes are actually song titles from a goth rock band. <laughs> it's super obscure. It's really weird. But yeah, the single player levels, they're all Christian death song titles. And nice. apparently that's a, a band. I don't know them, but and and the, the, the two player codes are also song titles by another obscure band called Current Ninety Three. So uh, I guess the programmers were fans of these bands mm. or something. I don't know. They're ahead of the time being 93. <laughs> since it's That's weird yeah. because the game is actually from 92, mm. but right. apparently current 93 wasn't actually started in 93. So <laughs> That would be quite something. <laughs> so um, why did we bother with the game at all? I mean, 
the game looks good. I think it, it looks really, it looks brilliant. The graphics are great. Mm. Yeah. So it, it has this 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 very cool pixel style, and the colors work really well. I think the the the, the font for the menus and text is hard to read. But besides that, <laughs> it looks good, but it doesn't work so well. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of. It seems like style over substance in some ways. I suppose the gameplay's there, but yeah, yeah. I mean, the graphics are quite stunning. Am I am I right in thinking that this was on the Amiga first? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was on the Amiga, and there's also strangely a Commodore 64 port, which oh. probably I think I saw some screenshots, and it doesn't look really bad either. Huh. So imagine that in '92. Yes, re- that's quite late for that platform, right? I think. What's also I think interesting to note is that it's uh, developed by this company called EgoSoft. They they are still in business, aren't they? Are they? I, yeah. I don't know. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they um, they're releasing this uh, series, the X series. Oh, it's them. Uh, and their yeah, yeah, their last game is X Four Foundations, uh, which was released in two thousand eighteen, or maybe it's not even released yet. I don't know. Yeah, it was released November two thousand eighteen. So, yeah, they're still making games. They had a bit of a thematic flip then, because they started out with caveman games and then went into the far future. Yeah, that's a gap. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not that's not too uncommon. Last month we uh, discussed Master of Orion, and they went from from far future to 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 fantasy back to far future, right? Yeah, <laughs> Master of Orion, Master of Magic, and back to Master of Orion. So that's not too uncommon. Yeah. It's um when you look at Wikipedia, there's a list of all their games by Egosoft. And uh, it seems they, they started by making promotional games for uh, Pepsi and for Philip Morris even, which I think is a cigarette brand. So that's kind of questionable. Yeah. Uh, you do what you have to do to survive, right? Yeah. But interestingly, Ugg is one of their very few uh, games that isn't uh, a promotional game for a corporation. So, uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, at least until 1999, when they started the X series. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So I, this is a, like a labor of love for them. It's not a money maker, right. I think. So shall we wrap this game up because yeah. we're already beyond the 15 minute mark? Oh. <laughs> what, what do you guys? Would you suggest the game? Has it replay value? Um, I think I think it's worth worth a look, but I don't know if I could play it for much longer than I did. Yeah. Uh, just because of the, the the frustrations are. Very frustrating indeed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks kind of cool. Some points for the graphics, <laughs> exactly. And maybe, maybe with a few beers on a party, <laughs> can be fun to play it for half an hour or something like that. Yeah. And if you find a, it has a two-player game. So if you have a friend who can also like, resist the frustrations of seeing the menus, <laughs> then it's. I think it's it's a good game. Hmm. I try to convince one friend to play with me. We maybe finished one level, but at least I tried. Is he still your friend? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's not friendship destroying. So recommend it. <laughs> I don't hate it. All right. <laughs> one out of ten, not the worst game I ever played. I, I'd give it six. It's it's better than Yeah, it's it's, it's playable. Let's say it's playable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're if you like hard games with a very repetitive uh, nature high frustration <laughs> level, then then try it. Maybe if, if Dark Souls is yours, then this might be something for you too. It's not that hard. <laughs> because Dark Souls is also style over substance. Oh, controversial. <laughs> okay, full disclosure, I never played Dark Souls. Mm. Let's continue with the next game then, right? All right. 
Next game on our list is Bolo Ball, which was also released in 1992 by Solo Games. Who suggested that game? I think I did. You did. And why did you? Um, well, actually, well, I did play it a bit back in the day. I played lots of games by Solosoft, actually. Um, they're all shareware. They're all made by one guy, I think, William Solo. And yeah, I don't know. He just made like 200 games or something on his own, in all in a span of a few years. They're, all these games are basically the same, honestly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what you really mean is he made five games and yeah. give them different names. Exactly, that's yeah. what he did. Um, oh, but but he also changed a few rules between the game. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Um, but the, the, the main reason I suggested it is that it's my mom's favorite game. And uh, at one point, um, she used to play it back in the day a lot on her on her PC. That's, that's how I got to play it as well. But then as time pro- progressed, uh, she eventually uh, got an iPad. And, uh, well, Bolloball, obviously, being a DOS game, is not available for, for iPads. And she was very sad because, well, this was her favorite game and, and now she had no way of playing it. So I actually, um, well, how do you say this? I ported the game, I guess, or I, I just made the game uh, to work in a web browser so that she could play it on her iPad. So that's actually how I really got to know Bolloball because I made the game or remade the game. Uh, so she could play it. Wow. So that's my bowlerball story. Yeah. That, that's a cool story. And and I think it's kind of a cool game as well. <laughs> I said in the intro that it's like a puzzle game, but it's also like a, I don't know, I want to say sports game, but it's not really <laughs> running or anything. But it has a competitive part because you're playing against an AI. You can't really, it's not really about solving puzzles. It's really ah. about getting a better score than the other guy. So... Yeah, I guess it's uh, almost a strategy game. Yeah, yeah, so it's like like reversey maybe. Mm. Every player makes one turn, and you you'll see how it all. Maybe even a, like go. Maybe you can compare it to go. I think that's a lot uh, of praise for. This game. <laughs> I don't think it's quite. <laughs> let's let's quickly talk about what the game is about, right? So you you have this screen filled with weird blocks, and on the top you have the two player characters. I think one is always controlled by the AI, or can you do a two player game? Oh, you can play two player. You can play against each other. Yeah, right. Um, and and the screen is divided in in columns, and every player has a ball on top of each of those columns, and you have to pick on which of those columns you drop the next ball. And once you dropped it, it's gone, and you have to make sure that your balls get as low as possible avoiding or using the blocks that are on the screen like there are blocks that move your ball one tile to the side uh, and stuff like that right and the, the lower your ball gets the more points you get yeah is that an accurate description of the game yeah and the the, the cool twist is that there are these uh, gray blocks so uh, these these gray blocks they stop the ball so so if you drop the ball and it lands on a gray block then well that's it then that's just where it stops but in the end when all the balls have been tossed into the field then the gray blocks are removed so then these balls continue and then so it's like a two step thing so so you can think that you're actually winning and then when all the gray blocks are removed it turns out that the other player had been really clever and and he had been strategically placing his blocks so that he can win in the end so uh yeah that's really that's really the entire game it's just throwing balls down a field and then getting points for them that's it right there's another solo game that i've played before that's called balloon challenge which 
is is very similar. So I kind of have a history with this game already. Right. Um, it's just there's there's some minor role differences, but I kind of like the idea. Like, yeah, I think it is kind of a strategy game in a way because you're sort of seeing how far you can get your ball while also trying to block the other person getting their ball down the field. Yeah. Because um, if they've got a ball that's right in front of one of yours that you haven't thrown yet, then you can't actually use that ball at all. So you're kind of losing score from that. Yeah, and also you can look at uh, a ball that the other player can can throw that will get him lots of points mm. and then throw a ball in such a way that it will block that path. So then, then he can't do that move anymore. Yeah, because the blue, the blue blocks, the ones that uh, make your ball go into different columns, they rotate every time you hit them, don't they? Exactly. So if you've got one that looks like it might be a high scorer, you can throw that and then the next ball that goes down that same column won't score as high just because it's going to go in a different direction. Exactly. So there's definitely some strategy to it. Definitely. And that's also everything that's to this game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But um, I watched Tim's playthrough or, or let's play of uh, both of those games, Bolo Ball and Balloon Challenge. Mm -hmm. And I think it's fair to say that you can save 10 bucks if you just <laughs> uh, turn your screen around by 100 degrees. Yeah. I, so it's yeah. exactly the same game. I used to, as a, as a kid, I used to have this Pong machine and it, it, it had uh, four games in one, it said, on the, on the box. Yeah. And you could play uh, like normal Pong which was called tennis, I think. But then you could also play uh, volleyball, which was exactly the same, but then the, the paddles were on the bottom and on the top. That's really what's going on with the balloon game and with volleyball. It's just exactly the same game, but yeah, flipped yeah, yeah. upside down. Right. There's this famous um, cartridge for the Atari VCS. Um, it's um, a green cartridge, and it's two th uh, 32 in one games. Yeah, and it's really just just four games in eight colors. Exactly, so. <laughs> exactly. So I think that's just what William Solo. Um, well, I wanted to say used to do, but I think well, I'm not sure what the status is because his website is still online. Actually, I'm pretty sure he's still making stuff, and you can still buy his old DOS games as well for like the same price as they were going. Yeah, twenty years ago. <laughs> Ten. Ten dollars. <laughs> it's a living. Yeah, you still can still buy the game. Do that, I guess. Yeah. Um, what can we say about the sound and the graphics of the game? Uh, yeah. 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 PC speaker. <laughs> I think it's all sixteen color high resolution VGA, right? So it's um, six forty by four eighty, sixteen colors. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, it doesn't look great, but it works for this kind of game. I think it, it does a job, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Did Did you enjoy it at all, Joseph? I mean, you're not saying anything. Yeah, actually, I haven't played the game. I I saw some videos of it, so I see how ah. does it look like and everything. But I didn't didn't have time for this this one right. in the in the lot. Yeah. Is that right? You didn't you didn't miss a whole lot, really. No. <laughs> <laughs> it it kind of uh, makes me think of uh, the um, Japanese pachinko games a bit. Oh yes, that's that's similar. Oh, yeah, right? actually. Yeah. Balls coming down and bumping on stuff. Right. Yeah, if, if that's all we have to say about this game, then we don't have to fill up the 15 minutes and continue with the next one. Sure, yeah. Everyone d'accord? Mm. Yeah. Cool. And the next game is actually one that I suggested, and it's also from 1992. <laughs> it's called Micro's Dilemma 2, and this game you control this little round guy with 
who's basically just a face with feet um, <laughs> across a playing field and you have to move mirrors around and uh, in the end make sure that the laser that you activate in the end of the game hits all the um, colored balls in the game. Right. This this is a proper puzzle game, isn't it? it it's a proper puzzle game, but the levels are surprisingly and a bit disappointingly easy, right? <laughs> hmm. Right. So there, there's there's lots of features in the game. You have you have tons of, of things that you can or lots of items that you can move around that interact with the laser, but they're not ever really used in the level design. Hmm. At least at least not in the shareware version, which apparently is the only one that's still available anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Who suggested this game? That was me. Ah, right. That was me, yes. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I had it on a shareware disc in, I don't know, it must must have been in one or two years after it came out, or maybe a bit more because I didn't have a computer back then, but not, not too long after it was released. And I played it for a while and I thought, wow, this is a really good game. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, I was 10 years old or something like that. Right. So <laughs> what did I know? Yeah. And I wanted to play it again. And it took me quite some research to find out which game I was actually going to suggest. And then it turns out I actually meant the uh, sequel. Oh. Was, was there ever a first one? Hmm? There must have been a first one, right? Yeah. Yeah, but the Micro's Dilemma without a one, I could never find uh, I cannot find it anywhere. Hmm. Then there's uh, Micro's Dilemma 2, which we played. Yeah. And there's Micro Deluxe, which oh. is what I actually meant to suggest. <laughs> ah, right. So that's the third game in the series. Right. But they're all, all sort of the same, I suppose, aren't they? Yeah, I, th- I think they're basically the same game. Right. Right. And they're all made by uh, one guy, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, Adrian B. Daniele, I think is what he's called, or his company he called Acumen Software. Defunct, you cannot find them anymore. I tried to find the guy, but it was impossible. Lost. Yeah. Lost in Lost the, in the yeah. sense of time. Ah. Ah. So, what did you guys think about the game? Because I knew it before, and I, I doubt that any one of you had heard about it before. <laughs> no, I've never heard of it before. But as with UG, or UG, I've played similar games to it. I remember a Windows game I played maybe in 2003 that was kind of similar, except you didn't push things around. It was just more about rotating the mirrors. But yeah, similar sort of premise. Um, it was it was pretty fun. But like you said, the, the levels were kind of too easy. And I feel like they had a few... They, they had these little features in there to try and make them more difficult, but they didn't really do anything. Like, for example, there was there was this button that you had to keep pressing... For no reason. Oh. All it did was change all the, all the balls to a different color. I back to differ. Go on. <laughs> uh, in in one or two of the shareware levels, you actually have to plan your way to get to the button before you can push it. So right. then it becomes more like Sokoban, maybe, because if you p- push one of the boxes that you have to push around in that level, you push it one block too far and then you can start over. So mm. I, mustn't, I mustn't have got that far. Yeah, the, the button has, I think it's level in the first six levels or somewhere there it must be. So it is not entirely useless. But there, there was also one, one thing. There are blocks where the um, laser can only pass through horizontally or vertically. Mm. And I didn't realize that I can push those around. And it took me, I don't know, three or four hours <laughs> to finish that level because I didn't realize I could push those. <laughs> and in the end, they were completely useless because you couldn't just push them out of the way and then all your problems are magically solved. Hmm. Well, yeah, that, that's what I mean. A lot, a lot of the things you can just move out. Of, well, maybe you could say it's emergent gameplay. 
I don't know. <laughs> if you're being charitable. Yeah. <laughs> it has a bit of the same problem like the other games. Like there are a lot of things that you don't the like the form of the object doesn't really tell you what it does. Mm. And you have to kind of try it to see like what's what what is happening in the in the game. Right. Yeah, um, some of the ideas, some of the items, they would have been super cool if they had been used in a clever way in the levels. But at least in the shareware levels, that didn't happen. And, happen. and I think usually you should put the you should put the better levels into the shareware version, right? Because mm. that's yeah. the classic trick. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you you make the the best levels the the shareware game, and then when people buy it, then well, then they just get the rest of your crappy levels. <laughs> right. So but. we can only we, we can only assume that the uh, registered version levels are even worse. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh dear. Well, actually, the 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 last level, I think I think it had ten levels. The shareware version. Yeah. Um, ten or ten or fi- maybe fifteen. Ten uh, or fifteen, something like that. Well, I remember one of them being not that easy. Uh, like it well at one point i i just took a screenshot of the level and i put it in an image editor so i could just oh, yeah. move all the <laughs> tiles around without having to actually do it in the game we should mention there's a time limit in the game oh yeah, yeah. and i think we, that's the same level that i had problems with because uh i i think we talked about that while i was being super frustrated <laughs> I think there are some nice ideas in the game, though. Uh, yeah, it it the, yeah, like you said, it's it has something of Sokoban with the pushing of the blocks, but it also had like it felt a little bit like Pipe Dream. I don't know if you played that. Yeah. It's uh, it's also this time limited game where you have to put the next block in time for the for the slime to pass through the pipes. Mm-hmm. Classic. It felt a bit like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I think it could have been fun with better level design. Does it have a level editor, actually? I don't know. I, I didn't see one. No, it might, might have been in the full version, might mm. it? Uh, because that, that could be interesting in, in that way. Yeah, that's true. And the, in the README, it actually said that when you, when you buy the full version, then you get uh, the same number of levels again, and the levels are um, split into difficulty levels. So there are five easy, five normal, five hard. Okay. But then you get you get the full version and the next start with easy levels again uh-huh. and then you come to normal difficulty and hard levels again. That's a bit of a weird yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? It doesn't continue but, uh, where you were. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe the, the, the 10 demo levels are the, the Chevrolet versions are the five easy and normal and then you only get the five hard levels. And mm, I think the Chevrolet version had, had 15 levels as well. Also mm-hmm. five easy and medium and hard. Right. So mm. maybe you just bought the full version and it was the exact same game. <laughs> <laughs> Five dollars well spent. <laughs> it was the dilemma. Yeah, that's the dilemma. <laughs> Actually, I don't. I don't know how old um, this Adrian guy was when he made it because he also wrote that this was his very first C program that he ever wrote. So hmm. uh, hats off, I guess. Um, yeah, my first C program was not that playable. <laughs> well, I suppose the first game must have been his first C program, then, right? I mean, uh, no, uh, that's at least at least what he wrote in the README for this game. Oh, I guess the other one might be written in in Pascal or I don't know in something else. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. One one game that was I think a lot inspired probably by this game or maybe by something that was released earlier is a game it's also this game called laser light huh 
And there you have uh, different colored lasers. There is no character and you don't have a time limit, I think, but you have to move mirrors and they are not strictly li- aligned on the grid. Don't get, so it's so it's quite 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 harder mm-hmm. and uh, well looks more professional but it's um if if you want a game like this but uh, but better than laser light it's something that hmm. that's interesting yeah just maybe one thing to mention that uh, that surprised me in the game uh, when i was playing it is that there is a time limit but the time limit is uh, also including the run of the laser once you uh, turn it on. Yeah. So sometimes you have the good solution. Well, not in this list, but you, it could happen that you have the right solution, but then you don't have enough time to actually execute it. And that would be quite frustrating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of execution, there are quite a few bugs in the game, aren't there? For example, you cannot hold the, the direction key down because then after you, you mean to, to walk three tiles, but then it registers at 50 tiles and you run yeah. into a mirror and you push it into a corner <laughs> where you cannot get it out again. <laughs> yes, I had that problem a few times. Ooh. Yeah, The movement in general is kind of weird because you move you move in one direction faster than you move in the other directions. I can't remember if up or down is quicker, but either way, <laughs> you, you, one of the directions is quicker than the others, which is bizarre. It throws you off. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what that's all about. Oh, uh, well. There's also some flicker in the graphics, I think. So um, where things are drawn not quite in sync with the um, screen refresh, and that's mm. it's all, all a bit sad because that would have made those those few things like the um, graphics glitches, the movement glitches, and the design of the levels. If that had been better, I think this could have been <laughs> a proper had game. Been programmed better and designed no, better, I mean, it would have been a better no, game. No, no, if no. The no. game had been better. Would have been better. <laughs> But the design is nice, and the 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 idea is good. The, yeah, just execution. Yeah. Mm. Well, what I, what I meant to say the, the the problems with the game they are not really that big. It's it's a few small things, yeah. and if they had been fixed, that could have been a proper game. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Maybe the deluxe version is better. The third one. Maybe. Hmm. Ah, that's, that's also the, the the cool thing when you. When you are, your uh, character is hit by the laser, then the whole screen turns uh, bright red and there's oh, yeah. uh, the, the word hot written in, in huge letters on the screen and it, it blinks and <laughs> that's very cool. Yeah. So, would you guys recommend the game? Uh, not really. <laughs> it's... Uh, maybe if you're... Yeah, yeah, maybe for a child or, or you know, just... <laughs> But it's sort of fun for for a, a, a limited amount of time when you're just yeah. exploring what's possible. And well, I I, th- I like the, the the laser moved by the mirror thing, but it's really quite basic, isn't it? And yeah, it feels like a game for children, really. That would also explain the difficulty level. Yeah, hmm. and the character as well to an extent. Yeah, he's he's super cute. Mm. He's also he's also. <laughs> He's, for some reason, they've defined his bum. He's, he's got like a little crack. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, does he? Yeah. It's it's very faint, but noticeable once you know it's there. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that was definitely worth mentioning. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> the attention to detail is uh, staggering. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think if you have a kink for early 90s uh, obscure shareware stuff... <laughs> yeah. Then give it a try. Otherwise, maybe stay away. <laughs> yeah. So, shall we conclude this game then? I think so. Cool.
now, before we continue with the next three games, we have to introduce two new guests, and those are people that you all already know. Um, here is Mike. Hey there. And there is Philip. Hey, hey. And in fact, a few days, or actually more than a week, have passed since we recorded the first half, so let's continue with the last three games. I've been sat here this whole time. <laughs> Waiting <laughs> in the dark. <laughs> in the dark? <laughs> what? <laughs> I sat in the corner and wasn't allowed to talk about Ugg. I, I told you, you, you were not supposed to say that. Oh, 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 oh I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, I'll find myself out. Uh, no, we, we actually need you. So please stay here oh. for the next uh, uh, okay. several minutes. And then maybe, maybe you're allowed to leave after the show. Uh, all right. Maybe. Maybe. If you behave. Let's, let's get started. Uh, the next game on our list is Loadrunner. And who suggested that game? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> who, well, who thought he suggested the game? I mean, technically, technically, I suggested Load Runner: The Legend Returns. Mm. Mm. And and whose failure was it that we actually played Load Runner? <laughs> <laughs> I think that might have been yours. Don't don't say my name, please. I I, I know nothing. <laughs> yeah. You, you were really disappointed that we played Load Runner and not uh, the second game, right? Oh no, I didn't mind because I I just went and played both. So. I was fine. Perfect. You guys missed out, though. <laughs> that, that might be. Uh, let's discuss Loadrunner, and uh, maybe you can say a few words about Loadrunner The Legend Returns, and maybe someone else also played it. We will see. So <laughs> why did you suggest the other game? <laughs> so Loadrunner The Legend Returns was one of the more memorable games from my childhood. Um, I think, uh, I'm really sorry, everyone, but I, I actually played it on Windows. Um, but... It was released on DOS, I think, and yeah, it's a great game. Um, I mean, it's a platformer game where you're running away from mad monks who try to eat you. It's, yeah, it's not exactly the same as the original. It's, I think in terms of gameplay, it's actually fairly similar, but the graphics, the sound effects and the music and everything are way better. Um, so it's probably a, a nice introduction to the game, but doesn't have the same kind of classic value as the original. But no, it's a really fun game. It's got some interesting mechanics. Uh, I don't think you have all the, there, there are quite a few interesting items in the, uh, the sequel with uh, things like barrels of goo and stuff. Uh, I don't think they're in the original, but I might be wrong. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's a classic platformer. But the original game is there. There are not many things in the game, actually, right? You have those. So, so for people who don't know it, you you run around and you try to you pick up stuff, if I remember correctly, and you have to run from those monks. And all you can do to uh, catch them or evade them is to drill holes in the ground, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, drill or shoot or whatever it is. Yeah. Like 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 with a blowtorch or something like that. Yeah. In in Legend Returns, it looks like a pistol. I don't know. It's like some kind of grass eating fire pistol thing. <laughs> Sounds very useful. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Is this one of the first puzzle platformers then, or were the ones before this? Ooh. You reckon? That's a good question. It is very old. I mean, mm. there weren't a whole lot of these types of games before this one, especially not on the PC. So Right. And it's 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 very puzzly, right? Um but it also has a lot of action. Mm. I mean you run out of time pretty quickly and sometimes in, in some levels I realized it was really, really hard to even collect all the uh, what what is it that you collect? I forgot. Bricks. That looks of things. You, you collect bricks. <laughs> like shiny coins or something. It's gems, I think. Right. Yeah. So and sometimes they are behind the wall and 
the only way you can get to there is by uh, drilling through the top, but you can only do it when you're on the same level as the block next to you where you want to drill through. And I didn't figure, if, I mean, beginning in level five or six or something, I was unable to even reach all the coins that I have to collect. Or did I miss some feature in the game? I don't know. Uh, I think you just have to be really careful to not get stuck. <laughs> but that's really hard, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you only have like like five, six seconds and then the, the floor reappears. Yeah, so you have to develop this special technique where you always have room left and right of you. So you can always dig further. Mm. I think that's uh, that's important. Yeah, and you need some real dexterity to kind of do it quickly if you need to dig a deep hole, right? Yeah, and you, you have to also make a big hole at the top and then and then it becomes smaller as you go down. Right, but as you as you dig down, the, the, the floor on top already starts reappearing and then you're suddenly trapped in the middle of a wall. That happened to me, <laughs> like, all the time. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure what the solid way is to get through. I was just thinking about older games that are sort of similar. Isn't Donkey Kong sort of similar? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and like the old Mario, where there's just one screen? Yeah, they- I would I would say yes and no. On one hand, you also have the platform skills you need to evade. Yeah, on the one hand, the monks or like the enemies, and in Donkey Kong, it's basically the barrels slash the fire things that come after you. That I would say is yeah quite similar. But the big thing about Load Run is that you basically at the beginning of each level would like to stop the game. And basically go through in your head what would be a good route hmm. to get all the coins or diamonds or whatever it is you need. <laughs> but then you basically have a plan in your head. But the enemies that are hunting you basically destroy all your planning all the time. And then you have to replan. And yeah. I think that's a great appeal of that game. So it has a lot of platforming. It has a lot of that. But it also has this puzzle aspect. Yeah. When when I was playing it, I had this impression that actually there. I don't know if this is true, but the few levels I play that the there is like one solution to each level, and you really have to do it like that because the enemies. I think they are predictable the way they move. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they are always trying to follow you, and I found it quite the game quite fast and quite hard in this way that you have to like redo the same thing. And even if you want to plan for these coins to get them, sometimes they. Uh, the new ones appear after you picked up some of them. So you then you are like, okay, so I have to redo everything from the beginning because this doesn't work like that. <laughs> I think the enemies prioritize getting to sort of the same level as you before they do anything else. So they'll like they'll they'll go towards ladders and try and get on the same level before they try and get towards you sort of thing. So I noticed they tended to use them like monkey bars quite a lot and climb across them as opposed to, you know, running like normal people. <laughs> Just something I noticed. Yeah. I mainly noticed how well the game holds up. Mm. I was really impressed because it's it's really quite old. It's it's about as old as it gets for DOS games, really. So I thought it was kind of amazing that it was still this playable. Right. You know, what? I, what is it, like 30 years later or something? It's actually 36 years later now. Good Lord. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so this game is almost 40 years old, right? That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Very impressive. Yeah. I think another thing that's really nice in terms of gameplay is that you somewhat can read the game. If you watch people who are really, really good at Pac-Man, they, in their head, basically predict where every ghost goes. Because all the ghosts have, like, different AIs, like they follow a certain routine. 
Hmm. And basically, you can do that with that game even easier. As you said, the enemies are totally predictable, mm -hmm. but they are quite many. And basically, your planning, yeah, it never works out as you want it to. So you have to improvise and adapt. And I think that's a big appeal. Yeah, I agree. When I was playing on stream, I got I, I don't know if anybody else had this, but I managed to get myself stuck on level oh, four. Oh, several times. Several yeah, because um, it wasn't it wasn't. It wasn't my fault, of course. No, but, no. Um, I, I killed a monk, quote-unquote killed. You can't really kill them because they respawn. And this one respawned right next to the gold, which I couldn't get to because it was sort of in a in a, a, a like a bowl. that I, You couldn't get in there without getting killed by the monk, basically. Oh, no. Yeah. So that was a bit tricky. Yeah. But, yeah, otherwise I agree. This, this game really does stand up. And um, I will just say as well, I have played The Legend Returns in the past and it felt <laughs> pretty much exactly the same to me. <laughs> it's the same game, just with different graphics. Mm. Yeah. I think it, it did actually get panned in reviews for, for exactly that point. Mm. But um, then they released it again as the Mad Monk's Revenge and that was the same game again. <laughs> <laughs> but with two players this time. Um, actually, I have a question, which uh, unfortunately is probably going to betray how little I played the original, but... Um, <laughs> Did the monks pick up the gems on the original? Yeah, yeah, they do. Yes. And they drop it when you... When you kill them, right. I was going to say, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure there are puzzles on the the sequel where you have to use that fact mm. uh, to solve it. Like the, the monk will have to pick it up and then you have to kill them to get the gem. I was wondering yeah. if that might be a solution to the puzzle that was just mentioned. Mm. Uh, it's possible. The only thing is the monk couldn't move. I'll just, I'll, I'll send you a <laughs> screenshot <laughs> and then that should uh, explain what I'm on about. The, the ones at the top... There you go. Hmm. Yeah, the the monk couldn't actually get out of the bowl, so it was oh it was a bit of a sticky situation. Yeah, you can get stuck, and and you might have to redo levels if you if you do get stuck. But you have no limit, right? That's good. Exactly, and also in many of these really old games, uh, eventually you might go game over entirely, and then you might have to even start at earlier levels or or at from the beginning. There's none of that in this game. In fact, you can you can start with any level for, right from the beginning. Yeah. So that's sort of modern, actually, in a way. Right. Yes, even worse, you can get in situations where you actually can't win the game anymore, but it's not over. Like this dead man walking situations. For example, in the different Sierra adventures, where if you missed something at the beginning of the game, yeah, well, you're already dead. Yeah. <laughs> and that was all over the place back then. So that's something I'm not very nostalgic for. But it's always great if games like that actually have a real level reset. Because you never know. Yeah. And and also it, it has a level editor, right? Oh, I... Uh Isn't that cool that the game yeah, comes... Yeah, super cool. It, the game comes with a level editor. I didn't even see that. Yeah, it does. And... I read. I think I missed out. I read on Wikipedia. It's it's one of the first games oh. to to have a level editor. Oh. So, uh, well, that's that's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. You can make your own levels and then share them with your friends and and see them. You know, you, like torture them with your <laughs> evil. As if that all wasn't enough, you can also change the game speed at any time in the game, right? Y yeah. So it's it's basically, but it's still super hard. I mean, I, I took maybe one or two hours to try this level five or six and I, I just couldn't finish it mm. no matter what i did so yeah it's it's a hard game but you have options yeah and you can also skip a level if i mean if you get stuck on level five oh, yeah, totally. you can just go on with level six 
Hmm. Yeah, but that that's not honorable. No, but who's gonna know? <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting because the the trend back in those days was to make things really difficult, wasn't it? And it it's quite. I'm not familiar with that many games that make it easy to kind of skip ahead from from those days. Yeah, right. But this this game has like a million levels, right? It's a, <laughs> is it 900 levels or more? It's 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 a ton of levels. So they didn't really have to make it uh, so difficult, mm. I guess, right? Yeah, and maybe they felt it was a shame if people didn't actually see all the levels they made. Oh, yes. Or it, it was be. just for the programmer himself who was like, oh yeah, I have to test that level again. <laughs> I'm not going to skip all the others <laughs> manually <laughs> all the time or with cheats codes. Let me select them directly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, because from the beginning also there is a button just to add lives, so I don't even know why are they there. Yeah. <laughs> because you can just, you know, I want yeah. 500 lives. and uh, Well, that's 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 holdovers from the arcades, isn't it? People yeah. didn't know any better, so they just stuck lives in because that was a done thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, by the by the way, did, did yeah. you guys notice that this is the very first CGA-only game that we played what? in this game club? Or Ellie Cat, hmm. if you played that one first. But for me, it was Loadrunner. Well, how about that? So... I did not. Wow. In fact, I read that the first version of the game, I mean, the game only has CGA graphics, right? But I read that the very first release is only compatible with uh, CGA graphics adapters. So if you have an EGA or other uh, video card, then the game just won't run. Oh, goodness. Uh, even though it's it's backwards compatible, but it doesn't, for some reason, use it. Hmm. But they fixed that with a later update. Oh, that's an interesting fact. So then you could, yeah. I mean, the, the the release history of this game is a bit um, obscure, at least to me, I think. Yeah. Um, because um, the internet only lists this um, PC booter version where you just, you basically put your game disk in and you boot the PC and it will boot into the game right away. But we all played the DOS version. So this uh, th- 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 this one is never mentioned anywhere. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, well. Oh, well. Um, I thought what was uh, kind of cool is... Um I was looking up who made the game, and it turns out it was made by a single person, a guy named Douglas E. Smith. Mm-hmm. And he eventually he made the game uh, and, and got it published through uh, Broderbund, which was this huge publisher back in those early game days. We've, we've talked about Broderbund before. Uh, they published other games that we've featured. But um, he made it in a single weekend. How about that? Wow. wow. So uh, he basically did it like a, like a game jam. <laughs> uh, he, was, he was still in college. And uh, yeah, I guess he just had a free weekend and he made a game. And then by the end of the weekend, he had Loadrunner. Jeez. So that's that, crazy, yeah? That's yeah. impressive. To say that, say that it's got such a legacy as well. And it was just... Yeah. <laughs> bit... Well, I'm sure he worked on it later, though. I mean, well, it's... Yeah. But, but still... Uh, yeah, that's really cool. And and I also read that he was really, he became like a video game veteran and he was involved with uh, making the English versions of some Japanese RPGs like uh, Secret of Mana and Chrono Trigger. And uh, yeah. That's, that's that's quite a pedigree he's got then. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah, man, imagine making something or starting something on one weekend just for yourself, basically. <laughs> uh-huh. And some nerdy guys are going to talk about it 36 years later yeah. and still love it. That's, Whatever you do, I think you're doing the right thing if you yeah, manage to do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What is kind of sad, though, is that I also read that uh, he passed away in 2014 uh, and he was only 53 years old. So ah. that's that's a bit sad. Ah. But, oh, well. 
these things happen. Still, still a crazy legacy. Mm. I mean, let's get this back yeah. to a more uh, joyous uh, mood. <laughs> so, um, what do you guys think? Does the game still hold up? Should we play it today, or just out of historic curiosity? Um, I think, I think in terms of if you're interested in this sort of stuff, then yeah, give it a go. But like I said, and like uh, like Mike alluded to earlier. The later versions are basically the same thing, so you'd probably be better off playing either The Legend Returns or Mad Monk's Revenge these days. Right. Yeah, they are a lot more playable these days just because of the, the graphics and the, the audio facelifts. And there's probably mm -hmm. like a million clones of the game out there. Yeah. So oh, yeah. it's basically like Tetris where everyone made a clone of that mm -hmm. at one point in their life. There's a version for everybody. Right. But I still think that the basic principle holds up really well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just the whole avoiding the enemies and, and climbing the ladders. And it's still it's still pretty pretty good. Yeah, definitely. How do you think the controls feel? Because that is something that ages really bad if it's bad. Um, does, it, does it still feel good? I was not a big fan of the controls, I have to say. You tap a direction key and it runs, and then you have to tap some key again to make it stop oh, running, yeah. and that was a bit yeah, I remember that confusing at first. Other than other than that, I don't remember the controls being too bad. But yeah, now you mention it, yeah, that was that was that was kind of weird. It's it's to me the weirdest thing was that there's different buttons to uh, shoot left of you and right of you. While why is there not just one button to shoot and mm. it shoots in the direction that you're going? Well, I mean, you might not want to move, right? Um, I mean, I right. as I recall, I used, it was the numpad for controlling. Um, yeah, when I first played it, and it, it actually felt really natural. Um, and I mean, the fact that you've got two different directions to shoot actually, I, I think, uh, might have a net benefit. Uh, hmm. It gives you a lot more choice over over the direction. You kind of, I don't know. Yeah, um, I can't really articulate this, but I feel like uh, my fingers are agreeing with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it has to do with the choice that um, whenever you tap a direction key, it's the player character starts running immediately, and you cannot just turn. So, yeah, I, I think the two keys were just a necessity that uh, came after this one. So. No, I, I think that being able to fire in two directions, it, if somebody's chasing you, you don't really want to turn and face them and then fire, do you? Um, yeah, hmm. it's a bit like if you've ever played the game Robotron twenty eighty four. It's a bit like that in in a very loose way, <laughs> in that you can. Yeah, it's maybe more strategic like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but but being able to fire and move in different directions. I mean, it, again, probably one of the first first games that did that, or hmm. at least one of the first PC games that did that. So wait, let me get this right. This game not only started puzzle platformers; it only uh, also laid the foundation for twin stick shooters okay <laughs> that's a lot and remember just one weekend yeah crazy <laughs> this game don't mess around yeah okay um shall we continue with the next game then sure yeah i think the verdict was that the game is still playable if you if you are into this kind of game right <laughs> So um, next on the list is Alley Cat, which was suggested by Tim. Yep. But actually, Philip just joined because he wanted to discuss this game, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So maybe one of you can tell us why this game is so great. Um, I can explain why I picked it. I think there's two two reasons for it. The first is that it's, again, like, like with Lodron, it's an early example of a platformer on the PC, and it is essentially a platformer. I, albeit with mini games, um, it's got 
cute characters, it's non-violent, and this is before Super Mario Brothers, so, you know, it's a progenitor, almost. And the second reason is that I love cats, so... <laughs> <laughs> the, the overriding reason is that I love cats, so... Is, is it before Mario, though? Not before the... I, I just checked. Um, the arcade version of Mario Brothers is from 83, just like Load Runner. Yeah. But Ellie Cat seems to be from uh, 84. 84, so. right. Yeah, I was thinking of the NES Super Mario Brothers, which uh, was the following year. Yeah, that, that yeah. one came later. Yeah. But, but wait a second. I think it's 83. It depends on the version you're looking at. Oh. Oh, oh the, please explain. Those version came later, as far as I know. There's been... This, this thing has basically been ported to everything, and... The PC Junior and the PC Booter version came quite late from what I've understood, before it was Atari. So with that game, it's something different. If you remember having a non-Booter version, then you're a pirate, because, um, <laughs> well, for DOS, there was only the Booter version. And if you did not have that one, well, you got it from, I don't know where. <laughs> mysterious. Yeah. yeah. Mysterious. mysterious ways. Yeah, but basically, as you mentioned, it's it's a platformer. You control a cat. It's called Freddy, and it's jumping around the neighborhood. And I had this game when I was super young, and I was horrible at it. Same. And I returned to this game recently, and I'm still horrible at it. But it's still, it's it's super fast, and it's a ton of fun. Hmm. Can anyone claim not to be terrible at that game? <laughs> I think Anatoly Shashkin, because that's where I first discovered this game. And he was pretty good at it. Ah. Okay, but I have a question about this game. So are the controls deterministic? Because <laughs> I always had a, the, the, the idea that I, I want to jump, let's say, left and up. But uh, sometimes it jumps just up. Sometimes it does what I want it to do. And I don't know if I'm pressing the keys wrong or or is it the cat that just gets scared and jumps in the wrong <laughs> direction and, and I couldn't get it to work. It's, it's hey, like, it's a realistic cat. Yeah. <laughs> also, the jump height seems to depend on some hidden information that my fingers didn't have. <laughs> yeah, I, I was wondering if, if, if this was supposed to be played with a joystick because, yeah, you jump and then it's... Like, it's never the same thing. and It's quite hard to control. Yeah, I agree. I've never played it with a joystick, but the jumping is based on your momentum. So the faster you're going, the further you will jump. And if you're already jumping, you can't, you can't like, change your jump while you're in midair, which I yeah. suppose makes sense, but not, yeah. not for a video game. You expect that when you jump, you can sort of have an aftertouch. But in this, you don't. So yeah. I think that's the reason why most people are so terrible at this game. Because in most games, you can still adjust your jump. Mm. And in this game, you just go. And then often you, it ends not well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit like when people struggle with Castlevania, like with the knockback thing. Yeah. You're so used to the Mario, oh, I can like adjust my jump a little in the air thing, that it, it feels really weird nowadays. But back then, I didn't have another reference. So it was fine to me. But I agree, like the, the, the controls from a modern point of view feel a little awkward, I would say. Yeah, they're a bit loose. Yes, yes. But like, what do you do in the game? You basically, you said you're platforming. At the beginning, you're outside a really wild neighborhood. <laughs> like, and I mean, just your job is to enter an open window there and you jump around on trash cans and like, 
everything is out to kill you. There's a dog running around chasing you. Other cats are kicking you off trash cans down to the dog. And the thing I love most is this crazy neighborhood. They're constantly moving around the clothing that hangs out to dry and are throwing their garbage out of the window, which includes not only like fish bones and like cartoon style boots, but also landline phones why <laughs> why are they throwing out phones what is this neighborhood i love that because phones are heavy yes oh, yeah <laughs> well I, i like how that's the question you have and not and not that in one of the rooms there is a gigantic like 10 foot block of cheese <laughs> it's the largest cheese it's it's all the way up to the ceiling yes but but that's only a that's only a slice of the cheese I want to know exactly what the whole room exactly <laughs> Martin thinks it's a big cheese and he's Dutch. Think about that. <laughs> yeah. So, but whenever you enter, basically enter a room, you do a little mini game. Mm -hmm. For what you mentioned, just it's basically like there's this giant piece of cheese and you can dive through the holes and jump around and collect mice that are basically taunting you. <laughs> and with almost all games, again, you have like an enemy that is on one hand the dog if you're standing too long on the ground basically a dog is going to chase you and on the other hand the omnipresent broom is chasing you so get the get the floor dirty so the broom has something to do yeah it no it's not a person holding the broom it's a broom itself <laughs> magic it's terrifying ghost broom yes yeah but i think that's the main appeal of this game though oh yeah i mean it's it's honestly well it's with, super cartoony yeah exactly but that's that's sort of unique i think because mm -hmm. a lot of games are quite they're trying to be cool you know like with the space stuff and shooting and like being a tough guy and beating people up that's a lot of games are like that and this game is just zany cartoony crazy stuff and it's uh it's a, it's sort of childish but it's in a fun way i don't know it's quite unique in that way yeah so i think that's why people have these fond memories of it because yeah it, it it's quite unique also, still, it's it's originally an Atari game, and at that time, the games didn't really care about uh, logic. So <laughs> even in the space shooters, you shoot burgers and hot dogs. And <laughs> <laughs> so compared to those games, this game is actually quite... Uh, quite tame. Yeah. Yes. At least, yeah, in, it follows some logic. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, th this game could easily be a, like a Tom and Jerry game, yeah. like from, from the cartoonish theme. Or the other thing, like where you are diving for fish and there are electric eels go out to kill you in a ginormous <laughs> aquarium that on the outside looks just like a tiny yeah. fishbowl. Yeah, it's it's a TARDIS fishbowl. Oh, I see. <laughs> did you know uh, there is actually a Tom and Jerry DOS game? Uh, no, I did not. Really? Yeah, there is one. Yeah, there, and it's actually a really good game. Really? Yeah, it's it's great. Wow. So, uh, okay. I think you should check that out because uh, I played it a ton when I was uh, a kid, and it's it's somewhat like Alley Cats. It's all these weird little mini games. And, uh, yeah, it's really cool. Hmm. Oh wow! I'm gonna check it out. I think I will have to do as well. Yeah. Yeah. But a thing I want to ask you, because we're all here, we all played Alley Cat. What's your favorite mini game in the game? Um. Ooh. Well, it's definitely not the one where you have to eat the food because that one is flipping hard. The, the one with the dogs? Yeah, because uh, uh, like 
I don't know if there's a pattern to waking up the dogs because they just seem to wake up at random for me. Sometimes I'll get halfway down and, and be all right. And then sometimes I'll eat one food and then it wakes up and, and eats me. Yeah, it, it depends on the difficulty you set the game to <laughs> slash you leveled up to. And then basically the dog wakes up if you have, if you eat more, uh, more or less from his or her food. Oh, I see. It's basically a room full of dogs. They all have a bowl of milk in front of them and you or food, or whatever it is, and you basically sneak in there and eat all the food while the dogs should stay sleeping. Otherwise, they're going to catch you. What about the rest? The bird one was pretty fun. I think the only one that I ever finished was the big cheese one. The big cheese (laughs) one is really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably the most iconic. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's also playable compared (laughs) to the others. The others felt like they, they, you know, what you mentioned earlier with the controls, how they are Mm. not as we expect them today. But in the cheese, there are so many holes that you can use. uh, So it felt a bit less punishing to me, at least. Mm. I know back then when I found out that you actually can dive through the cheese holes because I did not know at the beginning. I didn't even realize that. You can, if you press down or like the action button, you actually go through a hole and come out of another hole, like somewhere totally different on the cheese. <laughs> Again, cartoon logic. That's how yeah. cheese works. <laughs> is that only on specific holes or is that on every hole? No, it works with every hole as right, far as okay. I know. That's good to know. I'm, yeah. getting, I'm getting my strategy down, you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so can you win this game? Like, is there an end? No. Okay. Basically, when you, 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 when you start the game, you set up the difficulty level, like of, from kitten up all the way to... Alicat. And basically what that means is enemies will come faster after you. The layout of the street will be a little harder, like the trash cans will be higher and stuff like that. But whenever you succeed at the minigame and then succeed at winning the heart of the lovely... What's her name? Not Penelope. Felicia. So basically you score it with a female cat <laughs> and get a cute animation. Uh, then basically you get back to the streets, but another, uh, but on the next difficulty level. Right. But once you raise Alley Cat, it just you stay at Alley Cat, yeah. and it's it's a high score game. Yeah. Not that I ever managed to get that far. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um. This also is a game made by one guy, mm. Bill Williams. He's called. I think he's on the on the title screen. Yeah. I think it says uh, by Bill Williams. And he made a lot of uh, Atari 8-bit games, actually. Uh, all through the, the 80s, he made loads. Uh, some notable ones are Mindwalker and Necromancer and Pioneer Plague. Um, so, yeah, he that's what he did. He made Atari games and later he made uh, Amiga games. Yeah. And um, And what's interesting is that this game also got published... Well, it got published initially through uh, Synapse software, but then Synapse got acquired by Broderboom. Oh! So, <laughs> well, how about that? Ended up there again. And um, I, don't want to, I don't want to be the sad guy, but uh, Bill Williams also passed away. And it's even sadder than, uh, than the last story because uh, he had some kind of terminal illness. Uh, so he was only 37. He died in 1998. And what I what I read online is that he he found out he had this terminal illness at age twelve, mm-hmm. and then he was reading a medical encyclopedia about it, and it, and there it said people who have this disease don't get older than thirteen. 
And he's like, what? I only have one year. <laughs> wow. But then actually had quite a few more years in him. But yeah, he lived with the, with, he knew he was going to die for most of his life. Wow. So oh, that's crazy. a hell of a legacy. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. We all know we're going to die, but not yeah. quickly. <laughs> no, typically. exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so maybe that motivated him to make lots of games in the time that he mm. got something like that. Yeah. It, I don't it, know worked out so but actually this game has been a prototype by john harris and that guy from what i know is still around yeah, hmm. yeah that's true that's the, the the good old uh like don't don't end on a on a low note <laughs> yeah right but if you're gonna ask next like would you play this game or recommend it i i want to shove in some information up front because there has actually been two remakes One has been a Kickstarter in 2012. It was called Alicat Game, and they basically posted a video of a cartoon animation that looked... Yeah, it's not really my taste, to be honest. Like, mm. it looked okay. And from what I've read is that they had the goal of $25,000, but in the end, they were $24,950 short. All right. No. Oh, right. I thought you were, were going to say... They had that much. No, they were that amount short. So oh. only the like, like one guy paid 50 bucks. That's it. Oh. <laughs> wow. And then the whole company and the project vanished into obscurity. Surprisingly. Yeah. yeah. But I want to really, really plug a freeware version of it by a guy or like a person called Joff Lof. <laughs> um, and um, there is this version. It's called Alicat Remau Edition. <laughs> <laughs> and it contains all the original gameplay. And, and the thing I love about it, when you start it up, it has like modern sound effects and it has 16 to 9 screen ratio and like all those add-ons and even some more minigames. And they they feel like ori original games. It's really cool. Yeah. But the best thing is there is an options menu where you can change the version you're playing. So you can actually change it to Atari version, to PC Junior version, to CGA version. And it so looks like the original. I'm so impressed with that. And they even backported the new games to that style and look. Nice. And that's, I, I don't know, like uh, that person has so much love for this game. And it, it even offers a four-player simultaneous arcade version. Yeah. And it, it looks like so much fun. I really have to play this with some persons. I don't know when, but... <laughs> Because you all play cats at the same time. If one person <laughs> enters the room, all have to like run in afterwards. If you don't make it, you, ah. you don't play in the next game, but you actually play an enemy. Cool. And that's so genius. Yeah. I, I really like, like the idea. I have no idea if this is balanced in the end at all, but it looks so much fun. So yeah, play that version. I have, I have played this and it is a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, so that's why the Kickstarter failed. Yes, the Kickstarter <laughs> failed, but that guy did it for free. <laughs> you just mentioned um, the PC Junior version, and I think this is one of the not-so-many games that actually make use of the um, advanced PC Junior hardware. Oh, yeah. So I think it, it uses the um, 16-color mode of the PC Junior mm -hmm. on the PC Junior and only um, four-color CGA on an actual PC. Yes, and actually the Alicat theme song actually sounds decent on a PC Junior. <laughs> What I never knew is that the Alicat theme song is actually a song is called Alicat. Hmm. And it's like a song, it's a jazz record from the 60s. Oh, cool. So please look it up on YouTube. It's really catchy. Definitely. 
Okay, is there anything more to say before we ask the question? <laughs> don't think so. Uh, don't think so. No, then what's what's your guys' verdict about the game? Would you still Terrible. recommend it today? Terrible. Avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You and I are going to have discussions time. <laughs> I, I, I too feel that if you don't have any nostalgia for the game, yes. maybe it's better avoid it nowadays. Whoa, whoa, hang on. I, I never played this game and I loved it. Uh, I felt like half the time I was on the verge of a psychedelic experience because of all the colours <laughs> and the, Give it the, the craziness. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if... Yeah, the, uh, I love this game. It's it's great if you're a cat lover, especially. Oh yes, I, I can attest I, I am to that. a cat lover, but not a cat fighter. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> maybe the, the controls are just a bit too twitchy, and they just don't work for me, to be honest. Maybe you're too much of a cat lover, and you can't stand him falling <laughs> off the window every time, or getting hit by a landline phone. That's absolutely the reason. Yes, poor cat, poor whatever his name cat was. I think it's worth playing just because there's nothing else like it out there. It's such a unique game. Even if you only play it for like five minutes or so. That's true. It's 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 just worth a little go. Yeah, it's it's very different. That's true. Yes. Yeah. If only to see that massive cheese. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I guess you could look up the cheese on the internet, but... Boo! Yeah, no Experience fun. the cheese yourself. <laughs> You have to also understand that it's cheese because before this podcast, I actually didn't know it was block of cheese. What? But maybe mm. because it's it was blue in the color scheme, so it doesn't. That's, that's true. I, I mean, you also have to think: How did the cheese get into the room? It has to be put in before basically the building was finished. Or well, maybe they made the cheese in the room, like they only had milk. <laughs> yeah, but then it wouldn't. Like, but it's no, 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 no. That can't be because it's a huge slice. And if it's like a huge round cheese originally, mm. that wouldn't fit mm. the room. Maybe they made it in, in the shape of the slice, just a bit bigger, and then Aww. they cut away the excess. <laughs> but that would be shady. Who would do that? <laughs> also, <laughs> cheese is, is soft, right? You can squeeze it through the window. Oh, oh yeah, yeah you're point. right. <laughs> I would suggest t take this game, take, I don't know, like, three or four friends play in turns and laugh about how ridiculous it is and try to like at least once level up mm -hmm. yeah that, that would be i would say yeah like give it 10 minutes it's it's a lot of fun it's hectic but it's over super fast and you're in and out super fast so yeah you don't lose a lot of time it's not really it's not a civilization kind of commitment to a game or something it's like something you would nowadays like play on i don't know like on a cigarette break on your smartphone or something like that mm. of course the real suggestion is to play the Meow edition because that yeah that works a lot better right yeah just like i don't know please hack that person who uh, who did it but tell them oh please port it to linux and mac os <laughs> that would be awesome because mm. it's windows only for now but Or, or, or DOS. Or for DOS, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, let's wrap this game up then. So next on the list is a game, um, Minor VGA. It was suggested by DOS Game Club member Fimbleveter, or some correct pronunciation of that name. And usually, you know, we have this document where we collect information about games, and the one for Minor VGA is entirely empty. <laughs> <laughs> Who can explain oh, No, 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 no. That's not true. It, w it was released in 89, and <laughs> the developer was called Styles. Right. Harold. Harold W. Styles, yeah. It's another one-person game, so hmm. that's a theme. But um, And also, according to the game, it was immediately released into public domain, so... 
it's uh, free. Yeah. So, uh, what 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 can we say about the game? How how do you play the game? What genre is it? It's super weird. <laughs> genre is a little tricky, isn't it? The the idea is to to well, you're a miner and you dig through the ground and you try and find uh, precious minerals. Um, and that's that's really the crux of the matter. You, you go down and, and dig stuff up and then you bring it back up to the surface and sell it at the shop and buy new equipment and repeat ad infinitum. I think there have been a lot of games like this since. I don't know if there are any before it, though. Um, well, isn't like Digger and that sort of stuff... I think I think those kinds of games, it's sort of inspired on that. Mm-hmm. Although this game has a lot of weird like variations because it's it's mostly the mining but there's l- lots of other stuff going on that's just really baffling wasn't there some cor- kind of backstory to it yes i have the document here that i can i can just quickly go through that tells you the backstory right the object of the game is to quote unquote make a lady out of miss mimi the owner of the brothel <laughs> <laughs> so that, that should that 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 should say it all. And if, yeah. it says right after that, if this sounds too sexist for you, you might want to quit reading now and not play. Dear Lord. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so basically you've got to you got to raise enough money, twenty thousand dollars it says, to buy a diamond ring and yeah. I'm not reading the rest of it because it's <laughs> it's not family friendly enough for this mm. podcast, basically. Well <laughs> it's let's just say you propose to her mm-hmm. and and you make a family, <laughs> right? That's sort of... Uh, <laughs> not, uh, not, not according to this document, no. <laughs> mm. <laughs> right. But it's also, um, it's not very apparent how it all works mm. uh, when you first play it. That's what I found, at least. I started playing and I... I was instantly dead uh, <laughs> just after digging, I don't know, six tiles and I was dead and I didn't know why. And it, the game doesn't tell you what's going on, really. So I, I went on YouTube and I was looking at other people who were playing it just to figure out how it works because the game doesn't explain it. But apparently it's about looking what the tiles next to you do or something. Uh, well... Yeah, so basically you have a few objects and the idea is that you can dig into the ground and a few objects will increase your, let's say, probability to find what's around you. Exactly. So you move around, try to move into safe areas and then you have these um, uh, tiles that will show you that uh, in here there is something, but you don't know what. And if you are lucky enough, uh, it, you will discover that, for example, somewhere there is a stream of water and if you go in there, it will flood all your tunnels and you will drown. Or uh, maybe it's some precious mineral or some special objects that you can find. Yeah, and it can collapse too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm, I had that problem a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's mostly just... it's It, it reminded me somewhat of uh, Minesweeper in the way that you... You have to guess whether a tile is safe or not. The difference is in Minesweeper, you can logically work out if it is or not. And in yeah. this game, it is not logical. So It's not about logic, this game. No. No. <laughs> it's about... You just have to dig and hope. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I just wanted to emphasize again how strong this game uses tiles as an element. Like, there's not really a grid visible... That would be the only thing missing from having a game like that. Because you mentioned Digger being 
a game about mining. And yeah. I think this is like where Digger is very fluent. And of course, there is like an inherent grid in there. This game has a has it very visible. And also your character just moves from tile to tile and there's not even an animation in between. So no. it's a Minecraft predecessor, basically. Yeah. But except, no yeah. building, just, just the game. <laughs> just, just the mine bit. Yeah, I mean, I've, I love to play a form, like the first versions of the game were in DOS and it's called Klonk. Oh, that's a great one. But hmm. that is, yeah, and but that is way more like a predecessor of Minecraft because you actually do action-y kind of stuff. But in this one, you it's a mixture of clonk and almost like a, those roguelikes, mm. right? It reminded me of that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it does have so. Also because you have the inventory with the objects mm-hmm. and, and you can go back up to the surface and then you can heal in the hospital. And I think there's a bar too where you can drink, although... I don't really know why you I, I, would do that. I believe that may be the aforementioned brothel. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> Actually, the, the, the bar is important because if you, well, if you look in the walkthrough, then you, of course, know the answer. But the the thing is that the money you are getting is to give to Mimi. Mm-hmm. And then you have to find her ring. And if you drink in the bar, somebody will tell you that she lost it in a toilet. Okay. And then you have to actually buy dynamite and like uh, blow it up under the toilet and then that's how you find the uh, the ring. Ah, right. Yeah. So I... the the bar is there just for that. How how do you come up with such a story? <laughs> I guess you play Larry where someone <laughs> just forgets their diamond ring in a really shady bar toilet. Yeah, yeah it does have this sort of adventure weird game story stuff to it too so it's a really it's a really interesting game mm. and it, it also has vga in the title but when you look at this game you don't think "Ooh, fancy vga <laughs> no well it's it's high res 16 color that's nothing you could do without vga yeah okay but it, it doesn't look pretty that's, no no that's my opinion at least <laughs> when i think about vga i think about uh, King's Quest V, you know, like like a, a fully colored painted game. Mm-hmm. And then this game, yeah. well, it could have been EGA for me as well. Or, yeah, I don't know. It's more on the functional than the pretty side, I would say. For example, your inventory is really clear to read what everything is. Like the shovel looks like a shovel. The dynamite yeah. looks like a huge, but yeah, stick of like dynamite. And so on and so forth. Yeah. The problem I had for this game is that it, once you get past the first layer of digging, you're just like, oh, do, do I really want to do this again? It it got it got very dull very quickly. And I apologize to the person who suggested this, but <laughs> I don't know. It, and and the amount of random chance as well, where you you always hit like cavings, and I got I've got it several times where I hit a caving and then I literally couldn't move anywhere. And the problem is, it doesn't. When it registers inputs, it like if you hold down the arrow key, it registers loads and loads and loads of inputs. Right. A bit like Micro's Dilemma did. So you end up just hitting the same cave in over and over and just basically getting killed. Hmm. And when when you're playing it for long enough, you just tap in the key and tap in the key, and you don't realise that yeah, you, you, you're gonna die if you keep tapping that key, but you're just tapping it out of muscle memory. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it just wasn't my cup of tea, but it's it's definitely a concept that's been refined 
Yeah, mining joke refined <laughs> in in later games. Yeah, it's a bit crude. It's I don't know. I I thought it was kind of interesting though. Um, hmm. I I I think I played it all the way to the end uh, eventually. So yeah, there was something keeping me going. Not sure what though. I mean, well, it's it's got kind of a cycle, hasn't it? It's it, yeah. It's one of them things where you mine the stuff, you take it back, you get more money to mine more stuff. It's Exactly. It's that sort of thing. So it felt like I was making progress, I, mm-hmm. I guess. And uh, yeah, and then you just keep going until you reach the end and that's it. Right. I mean, I don't imagine ever playing this again or recommending it for that matter. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sort of interesting. Mm. And it's just so weirdly written. <laughs> I mean, all the, the text and all the things that are going on, everything is just so weird. Yeah. Which I find interesting. I mean, I kind of like that. This is what you get when one person makes a game, you know? Then every every crazy thing that one person comes up with just ends up in the game. While <laughs> if this were made by a team, then no way. I yeah, mean, it would be way yeah. more streamlined. You're totally right. Yeah, exactly. And then, then someone would suggest something weird and other people would go, no, that's way too mm-hmm. crazy. And so, so that's kind of cool to me that, that just, yeah... Just the craziness of one person, just to, to, to see what, what someone comes up with. I, I don't know. I like that. You know what I would like to see for that game? For someone to speedrun it. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why, but like this one, it, it has to have some flaws where you're like, oh yeah, always do that. The probability is higher and therefore we do that strategy and like all those crazy macro stuffs and, and, Stuff people know about the game when they speedrun it because they know every little detail. I think there is a lot of stuff to tell in there, mm-hmm. slash manipulate, slash to abuse to come uh, through the game really fast. Yeah, but then again, the game is randomized, right, at the start. Yes. So so you can just have a lucky run. Yeah, sure, sure. But that's, that's true for many uh, games that are speedrun, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, I don't know. I don't know a lot about it. Then you usually, like, start with some man- manipulation that you always have the same seed slash start the same game. Right. But with, with this one, you if you would know where which, for example, like, where the gold is, there wouldn't be a challenge anymore. But I think it's more like of a a casual speedrun, like something <laughs> someone is just in for like, oh yeah, I'm gonna play this really fast. Sometimes I'm lucky, sometimes I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I, and if anyone wants to speedrun it, I think uh, becoming world champion should be relatively easy in this game. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> for, for now, so you better hurry. Yeah. I think maybe Tyne is probably the current champion. Oh, <laughs> I'm not so sure. So uploaded to speedruns. I, I played it to the end as well, and I think it takes about twenty minutes or something like that. But I already used uh, some cheats because, for example, you have a key to put the uh, elevator to the top, but even if you are not in, it will transport you. Then there you have a problem because if it transports you into the middle of a cave-in, then you can die actually by using this. But uh, yeah, there is some meat to the matter. Yeah. I think 20 minutes is quite fast. I, I think I took longer on my run. So, yeah, maybe we should speedrun it. Maybe uh, that could be cool. Good suggestion, Florian. <laughs> it wasn't wasn't mine. It was Philip. Oh, well. <laughs> Still, I, 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 I'm not sure I would be replaying this game. No, me neither. I, actually, I'm pretty sure I will not. <laughs> no, <it's> same. <laughs> it's a speedrun that you only get one chance at. <laughs> you better make a good one. It's actually, that's a challenge because... Okay. 
Isn't there like there, there is this? Uh, how is this called? Like the Crypt of the Necrodance is like uh, a game. Ton of people speedrun, and they have stuff like daily challenges on it, mm -hmm. where you can actually have a run of a certain challenge, but only once. Then it's locked for your account, hmm. and you can do it only once, and it's only generated once. Hmm. So basically, yeah, it would be something like that, but for a whole game. Yeah. Yeah. So a new event. Blind speedruns. You get a random <laughs> game. You have never heard it before. You have to speedrun it. Good luck. <laughs> Blindfold. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Backwards. <laughs> All right. So I, I think I already know what your answers will be. But do you think the game is worth playing? Uh, yeah. There are, there are better newer games that have this similar concept. But mm -hmm. so, such as I'm going to plug a game, Motherload. Hmm. This, that's, that's a good example of a game that does this sort of thing and does it very well. Cool. Okay, so uh, I would say too, like if you're really hardcore, go for the original, <laughs> like rogue likes. Go for rogue or go for a net hack or something like that. Mm. And if you want a predecessor of Minecraft, give Klonk a look. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not even sure if isn't Klonk a German product. I'm not so sure if it's even known outside of Germany. <laughs> it is now. I agree. I, yeah, on one hand, yeah, that's uh, that's one thing. But there's an open source um, implementation uh, nowadays. It's called Open Clonk. Um, and it feels basically like, uh, I think, Clonk 4 plus all add-ons, like, rolled into one. So, yeah, you can go for that. I think we will have to play the original Clonk at one point mm -hmm. in DOS game. Oh, time. yeah. So, basically, you can, you can play part one, two, three in one go, because it's almost so many elements repeat themselves. Right. Okay, so that's it for uh, Minor VGA, I guess. Hmm. And with that, we have all our games from December finally covered. Wow. And it took only, I think, two weeks, and it's already the end of January. So, yeah, we, we're a bit late this time. We're a bit late, but, you know, uh, it'll work out in the end. <laughs> it's life. So what, yeah. what else is going on in the club, Tyne? Well, um... I don't think this episode will be out uh, in January still. I mean, it's the end of January uh, already. Unlikely, yes. So I want to say that in January, we have been playing uh, Wasteland, which is uh, an RPG by Interplay and published by Electronic Arts. And if you're thinking, hey, in a, an RPG by Interplay, I know an RPG by Interplay, well, that's Fallout. And Wasteland is sort of the predecessor to Fallout, I guess. It's also about a post-nuclear world uh, and then, yeah, surviving in that. So, um, yeah, it's it's sort of the Fallout Zero or something. And it's uh, written by Brian Fargo, also wrote. Yeah, definitely. That's what we have been doing. And that's the game we'll cover in the next podcast. So right. that's something to look out for. Nice. So stay tuned for that. And now for some game that you can actually, if you're listening to this episode in time, then what's the next game you can participate in? Um, well, in February, it's actually interesting because um, the game we were going to play in February, it changed a bit. <laughs> Twice. Yeah. It, well, it's, it changed once and then back. That's really what happened. <laughs> Because um, we were looking at the suggestions. We have this suggestion forum on our website, right? And one of the oldest ones that was still open is a game called Life and Death. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's a surgeon simulator game uh, from 1988. 
Not the Surgeon Simulator, then. Well, <laughs> in a way, it is. I mean, it's the original Surgeon Simulator, I suppose. Mm. Uh, it's it's a game where you are a doctor and you perform surgeries on people. So, uh, yeah, it seemed interesting and it's an old suggestion. So we thought, well, that would be nice to, uh, to look at that game. But then by the end of December... Um, Suddenly, the uh, Planet X3 game, uh, that's a game in development by uh, the 8-Bit guy, who has a, a YouTube channel, which is really big. Uh, and he had a, a Kickstarter earlier in June where he announced that he would be making a new DOS game called Planet X3. And this game was suddenly done uh, in December. And, and the people who backed the Kickstarter, they received their digital copies of the game. So uh, we sent an email to, to the 8-bit guy, David Murray, he's called. And uh, yeah, we just asked him, for, hey, it's super cool that you made a DOS game uh, and we're the DOS game club, so maybe we could feature your game and maybe you could be on the podcast. And he was totally into this. <gasps> so we wow. Thought, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we, we thought, oh, that's amazing. We'll have that for February. So we switched the game to Planet X3, but then... It turned out that he would actually, he wanted to ship the boxed copies of the game first to the backers before he wanted to sell the game to the general public, mm -hmm. which is fair enough, I suppose. But yeah, shipping the physical boxes, it, it will take a long time because it's just the physical process of putting the game on floppy disks and into all the boxes. So he thinks he will spend uh, maybe a month or longer shipping all the boxes and then by that time it won't be february anymore so <laughs> so the game will be available uh in the future and we will feature it then once it is out but uh for now we've switched back to life and death for february so uh so that's the game we'll have in february but but one day in the near future we will do planet x3 uh which is a brand new dos game so that's yeah that's super cool right And then for March, we have um, this tradition that in every March we play a classic first-person shooter. Yeah. So in our very first episode, we played Doom, and last year we played Duke Nukem 3D. So we asked, we had a, we actually had a, had a poll, didn't we, mm -hmm. um, on Twitter, where we asked which uh, 3D shooter, first-person shooter, um, we should feature in this year's March episode. And it turned out that people really want to play and hear us talk about blood. Yeah. So blood it is. That's crazy to me that so many people are into that game. Why? I don't know. Like for me, it always felt like, oh, this is like a B-movie game. Hmm. I really liked it back then when I played it. Don't get me wrong. I'm just curious that actually so many people voted for it. Yeah. But I enjoy it nonetheless. So don't. And we had some pretty big games in the poll too. I mean, we had... Exactly. Yeah, we had uh, Heretic or Heretic or how do you know? How do you say it? I believe it's Heretic. Yeah, Heretic. And also, uh, the what's the weird one? The 3D <laughs> the one, one? Where you go upside down and everything. Uh, the Descent. Yeah. And what game did we have? System, System Shock. Shock. System Shock, exactly. Which I think everybody expected to win because... Exactly. Everybody keeps talking about System Shock all the time, and then it only got 26% of the votes. Well, only. Well, I mean, that's that's basically a quarter of the vote, <laughs> uh, which is all the games sort of got that, right? Except for Blood, which got the third. Yeah. So... Descent only 21%. And Hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work out. The maths don't work out if, you, yeah, if you're totally, that pedantic. It's totally legit. <laughs> 120% of the votes. We, we didn't make this up. 
But it, it was interesting because we had lots and lots of votes and it was a race that between uh, all the games, basically, except Descent. Descent was always in the back. Yeah. Um, but the other three games, they were like, uh, yeah, it was it was a very close race in the end. I think all of the other games were at the lead at one point. Right. So, yeah. But in the end, Blood took over and now we're playing Blood. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what's going on, I think. Yeah. That's for March. And then maybe in April we will see if um, Planet X3 is released until then, then we shall play that. Otherwise, we will have to find a different game for Mar- for April. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what's going on in the future. And so if you want to join us, um, talk to us on our forums or um, just in general find more info about the club, then come to dosgameclub.com. Or you can chat with us on IRC. It's um, the channel DOS Game Club on Afternet. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, surprisingly, we are called DOS Game Club there. <laughs> and if you're listening to DOS Game Club on iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast app is, then please give us five stars or a thumbs up or whatever uh, the best rating in your app is, because that would be very nice. Definitely. And If no one else has anything to add, then I would say this is the end of episode number 25 of DOS Game Club. Yeah, thank you for hosting. Yeah, uh, it was an experiment. Thank thank you for having us. (laughs) Thank Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. It was a good episode. <laughs>